0: Hey, thanks so much for checking out our Liverpool One Church podcast today. Whether you're listening to us on Spotify or iTunes or you're watching us on YouTube, we're just so glad that you're here. You know, we believe that this message is going to equip and inspire you for your everyday life. And right now, you've joined us in our relationship series called It's Not Me. It's you, because we believe that life is just so much better when relationships are done well. When everything is going well in your relational life, isn't life just that little bit easier? And we believe that the Bible has a ton of stuff to say on how to better live out our relationship lives. So we're so glad you're here. Don't forget to check us out on social media, on Instagram and Facebook and enjoy the message.
1: Well, good morning, Liverpool One Church. Welcome to the first installment of our brand new series, It's not me, it's you, because we think that actually some of the biggest issue in our life can often be the way in which we relate to one another in our marriages, in our relational setups, in whatever, and we should probably talk about these at some point in the life of the church for the simple reason is you would be surprised. At how much incredible information there actually is within the Bible that talks to us about how we can be better at these things that we call relationships. But let's just start off this morning and let's just have a little bit of fun because I would just be interested to see, and you don't have to respond and give me a show of hands or anything, but I would genuinely be interested to see whether you have either, A, used any of these famous breakup lines, or maybe you still feel the scar in your heart because at some point somebody has broken up with you and used one of these lines and you're like, man, I feel so scarred as a result of everything that that guy said or everything that that girl said once upon a time. But but before we go there, I feel like we should probably, let's just set the atmosphere a little bit better. Maybe you guys at the back can help me out. So let's get in the zone to talk through some of the greatest breakup lines ever. So here we go, in at number one. I just, I just love you too much. And it's like, really? And you're breaking up with me? I mean, surely if you love me so much, we would be like getting it on and we would be getting married, but. You know, anybody ever, you don't have to show me, but anyone ever been told that? Like, the reason why we can't be together is like, I just love you too much, and I just value you so much. There's a friend, and your friendship means the world to me. And you're like, really? Yeah, you sure about that? I think not. What about this one? I'm, I'm just not the, not the right person for you. <laughs> when we all know really that what that actually means is, you ain't the right person for me. If we're going to be honest, that's exactly what that breakup line means. What about this one? We just, we just want different things out of life. We just, we're just different people and we've got different goals and we're heading in different places. When the reality tells us that what that really means is I'm not getting what I want. So I'm breaking up with you. What about I just don't feel like I'm ready for a serious relationship. We all know what that one means, right? And we don't need to go there. What about this? I just need space. Well, be an astronaut. You know, it's kind of like, look, seriously, I just need space. But perhaps the best breakup line ever is, it's not you, it's me. When we all know what that really means is, it's not me, it's you. Thanks, guys, at the back. But the bottom line is this. Hey, yeah, we can have some fun. I think that we should absolutely spend some time every now and then just talking about our relational lives. And the great thing is, is that you could maybe be sat there right now thinking, well, who is this series even going to be for? Well, let me tell you, If you're married and maybe you've been married for 15, 20 years, or maybe you've been married for two months, then talking about our relational lives and the way in which we can do them all better is gonna absolutely be a series for you. And what I would probably say is make a commitment right now, just that you're gonna be in church over the next three weeks to see this series through because it's just another way of habit stacking. It's not like you're gonna be able to hear like one 35-minute talk and then have, you know, everything amazing in your marriage or in your married life or your relational life. So just make a commitment to be in church throughout this series to just kind of maybe learn some new ideas. And the great thing is, is that even though what we're gonna be talking about comes directly from scripture, the bottom line is even if you're a little bit like, I don't know what to make about Jesus, I don't even know what to make about church, I'm not sure what I believe, the great news is, is that this this is still gonna be completely applicable to all of you too. Maybe you're not married, but maybe you're currently Dating. Maybe you're with someone, you're contemplating marriage, you're thinking about maybe she could be the one, maybe we could, you know, kind of spend our forever happily ever after together and you're just dating, you're seeing where the land lies, but at some point you're hoping that you are going to get married, then this is definitely going to be a series for you. Or maybe you're someone that's not currently in a relationship. Maybe you've previously been in a relationship, it didn't end all that well, maybe it ended up in divorce and you ended up being hurt, and he got hurt, she got hurt, the kids got hurt, and yet there's still something on the inside of you that's kind of open to the idea that, well, one day I would like to be able to fall in love again, but the real question is, is, is if it's going to be like that, what I've just experienced, I don't ever want that. And you feel a little bit hopeless, but you love the idea of one day day being able to have a strong relational life, then this is definitely going to be for you too. And here's a little um, hint for you. If you're after a good book to read about how you can just do married life better, how you can do dating better, how you can kind of be single better whilst you're waiting for that person, that guy or that girl You should definitely read a book called The New Rules for Love, Sex, and Dating by an author called Andy Stanley. I would just say, like, you can just screenshot it and get it on Amazon. It's real easy. It's, like, so big. You can read it within a couple of hours, a couple of days, even if you're a slow reader. And this is just a brilliant book that you can... It's full of practical advice, and you can take on board to just get better at our relational lives. But this series is not for... One particular category of people. So, if you would maybe say about yourself, like, I'm just a bit of a player right now, I'm just kind of in it for the moment, I'm in it for the fun, I'm in it to just kind of like be there for the drink, the sex, the messing around, the lying, the deceit, the being with multiple people at the same time, being with multiple people at different times. Like, if you're just in it for the fun and the crazy and you like the chase and you don't even tell the truth about your own real name, and you're on Tinder as one person, and you've got multiple profiles, and you're just all about, like, I'm going to try and text her, I'm going to try and get into him. Like, if you're a bit of a player, and you kind of have even made out to everybody that your career is that of a fighter pilot, when really you didn't even get in as an extra for the Top Gun 2 movie, which, by the way, hallelujah, praise the Lord right there, I am going to be there at midnight on the release of that movie, wearing me, Aviator glad. uh, and me leather jacket, right? But, but you know, we kind of like, you're just in it for the fun and you're just in it for the party, multiple people. Like, this is probably not going to be a great series for you, if I'm being honest, but I am delighted that you are here in church with us today. And my request of you is this, will you keep coming back over the next three weeks? Because if that's where your life finds you, I guarantee you one thing, Right now, you may feel like you enjoy the life of being a bit of a player, being a bit of this, bit of that, kind of go with him, go with her. How many notches can I rack up on the bedpost? Look, I promise you, there is going to come a point in your life where you're just like, man, I am just through with the playing of the game, the dishonesty, the deceit, the fooling around. Like, I am just done. I am just through. So, when you come to that place, and it might not be for another five months or another five years, I want you to have the ability to reach out onto your top shelf and pull down a list of notes that you've made from today in your notebook or some notes in your phone that you can be able to recount and go, okay, now I'm wanting to settle down and put my life in order. This is going to be a brilliant starting." point for you too. So no matter where you are on the relational spectrum, this is absolutely going to be a series for you and anybody else that you know, maybe friends, family, who've just got some relational things going on, you should definitely be bringing them to church also. So marriage problems. The funny thing about marriage problems is this, we use this word, we use this phrase and people refer to themselves as having marriage problems, but when you actually look at what marriage problems really are, do you know what they actually are? They're just relationship problems. In fact, in the core, they are single people relationship problems that often they bring into the format and the union of a marriage. And it's so easy to understand how this happens. Because relationally, we all buy into an idea that is just fundamentally, completely, totally, and utterly wrong. We all buy into an idea and a concept that we all think is right but actually never works out. We all have a way of thinking about how to go about getting the girl or how to stay happily ever married that actually never materializes to be the best option at all because we all buy into the right person myth. We all buy into this way of thinking that if I can just meet the right person, then my relational life is going to be incredible if I can just marry the right girl, if I can just marry the right guy, then that's going to equal relational success. But the difficulty with this right person myth and the problems that are associated with it are often all of the foundational principles that we assume equals that person being the right person or them not. And those principles are driven by chemistry. There we are. Holy moment right there. They're driven by this thing called chemistry, and chemistry is when they're talking on the phone all the time, and no one can ever say goodbye or goodnight, and you're texting all of the time. You're DMing behind the back of every social media platform that you've got, and you've got all of this chemistry going on, and it feels amazing, like when you're with them, you come alive. When you're with them, you feel amazing, like you're the most important person on the planet. When you're together, like honestly, she can't keep her hands off you and you can't keep your hands off her. It just feels amazing. You've got butterflies in your stomach. You're talking to everybody, and you're like, this is amazing. This is a unique, one-of-a-kind kind of love. Nobody has ever felt like this before, and that to you is governed by this thing called chemistry. It feels amazing, so they must be the right person. You know what's funny is this, is that for every person that I've ever spoken to, and you've got friends and family who, who you'll have had in your world like this too, you know when somebody comes and you can, they kind of say to you, um, hey, like this guy or this girl, this is, you wouldn't understand. Like this is a unique, one of a kind, one in a million type of love that I'm feeling and I can't sleep and I can't eat. Like you wouldn't understand because what we all think is that we are so unique, and when we've got the chemistry thing going on, it equals Mr. Right, and we believe that we're the only ones to have ever have felt like that, and yet I don't wanna be the guy that gives you a breaking moment, but I promise you, you're not the only one that's ever felt like that. In fact, we're not all that different. We all feel like that, and I don't wanna make it awkward for you, but I promise you, Even your mum and dad had that chemistry thing going on, and you are a byproduct of their chemistry. You're not the only person to have ever felt like that. But this approach to finding the right person that's driven by the chemistry is fundamentally flawed. It's fundamentally wrong. Like, it's inherently never going to work. And the reason why it's never going to work is because you're both looking for the same thing in each other. The guy is there thinking, man, if she's just Mrs. Wright, if she's right, if she's perfect, then I don't need to work on me because she is just so right. And then she's there thinking, like, if I can find Mr. Wright, if I can stay married to Mr. Wright, then I don't need to think about me. I don't need to worry about me because he's just so perfect. Like, he's so incredibly kind and patient. I don't need to be kind and patient because he covers all of my flaws, And the problem is that you're both looking for the same thing in the other person. But then what happens when you end up starting this relationship because now you've got Mr. Right or Mrs. Right in your world, and you've got the whole chemistry thing going on, you can kind of start to date, and it feels amazing. Maybe you'd even choose to get married. And why wouldn't you choose not to get married? Because you found Mr. Right. But the problem is is when you then get married, you then experience these marriage problems that really deep down are just single people problems that we all bring into the marriage union. And now you've got these marriage problems. What's affected the most is the chemistry. So now you're married, and maybe you've been married for one year, 10 years, 30 years. Sometimes it can feel like, man, we've just not got the chemistry thing going on anymore. I mean, it's not like you don't talk for hours on the phone. You don't even text anymore. It's not like you get on and laugh. I mean, he's not funny. He's an idiot as far as you're concerned. And previously, you would laugh at everything he said. You know, he was just like the funniest, sweetest guy. And for you, it just feels like, man, all the butterflies have gone. There's just no connection. He's never all over me. She's never all over me. As far as the sex goes, like it's either completely not happening at all, or when it does happen, it just leaves you feeling disappointed, completely unfulfilled, like there's just no no real connection and sense of intimacy. So normally what happens now when you marry someone that you think is the right person that's driven by the chemistry and everything feels like the chemistry is not right, typically the guy then starts to think, well, this marriage thing just isn't working all that great. I know what the problem is. The problem is we're not having enough sex. We're not having enough intimate time because guys see sex like a wrench, like it just fixes stuff. That's how they think. And I know you girls are like, no, that's not how it works. It's not like that at all. But guys think, man, if we're just having more sex, then the whole thing will just be fixed and everything will be better. Because the very thing that was previously holding them together, this unique, one-of-a-kind type of love, this type of thing that nobody else has ever experienced, now it all feels like it's disappearing and it's starting to die because you've bought into the right person myth. So now the chemistry's gone, generally what happens next is that the woman comes along to the guy and she kind of says, hey, honey, Can we just talk for a minute because I don't feel like we're close anymore, and it doesn't feel to me like it used to feel, and I don't know whether you're feeling the same thing, but it just doesn't feel as good as it used to, and the guy's kind of like, "Uh, I don't know, I haven't been thinking about it. He's like, I just noticed we weren't having sex all the time, and then the wife turns around and says, well, the thing is, he's like, I've got an idea. I know how we can fix this. I know how we can just be better relationally together. What we need is something to focus on and concentrate on that's going to bring us together in our love. What we need is to have a baby. Like, oh, yeah. Let's bring another life into an already completely dysfunctional marital unit. Like, that's a great idea. Now, the guy, he's on the receiving end of this conversation, and he's listening. He's like, a baby? I I haven't thought about a baby, like a child. And then it's like a light bulb moment that goes on in his head, and all of a sudden, he realizes that if she's saying that we're going to have a baby, that means that we're going to have more sex. So he's just like, heck yes, let's go and have a baby. Now, the truth is, all of you single people right now, you're just like, no way. Like, that's not how it works. That's not how it is. Well, here's a question for you. How come every married couple right now is fixated on the screen and dare not look to the left or the right? That's just a genuine question because we're not all that different. And this is how I know this, right? It's not because I've got some seriously high level of IQ or some seriously incredible level of relational intelligence. I have not. It's because we're all the same. We're not as different as we like to make out. We're not as unique as we would like to think that we are sometimes. It's just not how it is. And what I'm talking about is a well-worn, well-trodden, predictable path, and I want to try and help keep some of you off it. I want us to be able to try and make our marriages just that little bit better. And it doesn't have to move in leaps and bounds just by doing some practical things that it can really add so much strength to our relational lives. But let's get back to our scenario. So here we are. We found the right person that's driven by the chemistry and they've had it all going on and they end up getting married and now they're married, they feel like they've got marriage problems, which really are just single people problems that they've brought into a relationship. And now because the chemistry's gone, they've decided that they're gonna have a baby because, hey, it kind of pleases both parties to a certain degree. But then what we find happening is this. Now all of a sudden, there's a baby in the house, everybody's getting no sleep Even the pettiest of things become huge dramas and huge issues, and I'll tell you what happens next. Now, do you know when the most likely time is for a guy to have an affair or stray from his wife? It's when his wife is pregnant. Now, I know, like, you girls, you're like, you scumbags, you, like, while she's there trying to fix the relationship, getting pregnant, and you're there, she's like, you scumbags. But what happens is he then goes into work one day and he kind of, he looks across the floor in the office and he sees across 50 people that they're on the other side of the room. Well, there's Jane. And Jane is just like, man, she's, she's looking hot. And, and like the way that Jane types on the computer, sending off her things is like, wow, like, like Jane, like Jane. So then he tries to maneuver it. So he meets Jane at the water cooler and Jane's like, hey, aren't you from like the other side of the floor? And he's like, yeah, you've been coming here long? Come every day, get some water. And they're kind of like, you know, they have this moment and go, "All oh, right, okay, is that how it is? And now what happens with the guy is he's like thinking about it like, well, it used to be amazing with her and there used to be the chemistry and the sex was amazing and then we had a baby and now we're fighting. And now all of a sudden he realizes what's gone wrong. He's married the wrong person. Really, the right person is Jane. Like, Jane is everything that he really wants. And now he really feels it because he's got the chemistry back, and he's got the butterflies in his stomach, and he knows, I've just married the wrong person. And here we are again, starting the cycle all over. Do you know, statistically, though, second marriages have a higher fail rate than first marriages? And It might sound crazy because you would think that we'd learn from the mistakes that we'd make, but actually it's not true at all. The main reason why second marriages fail is because we're so similar, we just make the same mistakes all the time. That's why you've got a friend and you know that like she's previously been with the bad boy of the town and like he's treated her wrong and he hasn't treated her correctly and you're just like, Why have you gone up and hooked up with another bad boy who's now doing exactly the same thing as the previous bad boy is? Why? Because we're creatures of habit. Unless we get intentional about changing stuff, it always defaults to us being creatures of habit. That's why I don't buy into the right person myth, and I don't think you should too. The idea of asking this question, can I find the right person, is just the wrong question to be asking. There is just a better question that we can all ask together. There's a better way to be better relationally. There's a better way for you to get ready to be in a relationship if you're currently single. There's a better question that you can ask if you're dating right now, and it does not include the statement, can I find the right person? There's a better question that you should be asking if you're married and you want to stay married truly, madly, deeply, there's a better question than just simply saying, can I find the right person? Because the right person idea is a myth and it doesn't work at all. Now, in Scripture, there's actually not a lot that talks about how you can find the right person at all. In fact, what you find from the the Bible is that it doesn't really say a lot about how you can go about living life to find the right person, but it does talk a lot about how you can be the right person. So the idea of you asking the question, can I find the right person? It's the wrong question. There's a way better question. And the question is this. Am I the person, the person I am looking for is looking for? Am I the person, the person I am looking for is looking for? Or maybe if you're married, you can ask it this way. Am I the person that I'm married to wants to stay married to? It's a much better question to ask. Why? Because there is so much that the Scriptures talk about. When you become intentional about being Mr. Right about being Mrs. Wright in such a way that it actually brings the entire scriptures to life. It brings so much clarity and illumination to the way in which we do our relational lives when we look at what the scriptures say against the question, am I the person, the person I am looking for, is looking for, rather than searching and hunting, trying to find Mr. Wright. And here's why it's like that in the scriptures. Because God has made you and created you For relationship. He has wired your inner circuitry to be with somebody else, and that's why, and it makes sense, that's why when she pulls you close and just whispers in your ear, I love you. It's why it does something to the inside of you. It's why when he grabs hold of you and kisses the base of your neck, it just does something to the inside of you because God's made you like that. He's wired you for relationship. But what you leave to chance leads to heartache. That's why you've got to pay more attention on the person that you're becoming rather than looking for. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get really practical, and we're going to go to the New Testament. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 13, and it's a passage of Scripture that is often recounted and recited at weddings, and this is the problem. Because we have heard, and we've all heard this Scripture before, but because we've heard it so often, we think that we, we, think that we know it, but knowing is different to doing, and knowing what Scripture says doesn't help you at all. It's only when you do it that it actually brings so much help and clarity. So what I want us to do is to go to 1 Corinthians 13 and just look at one verse, one tiny, seemingly small, can easily pass over it type of verse and contained within that verse are four things that when you ask the question, am I the person, the person I am looking for is looking for, it will completely change and revolutionize the way in which your relational life works. Now, let's get really practical because I'm gonna make this easy for you. I so believe in this so much that I'm going to give you a screenshot right now that's available to every single one of you. And you can go online, you can grab your phone out right now and take a snapshot of the screen. You should go online, you should download this image, and here's an idea. Why not keep that image as your screensaver or as the backdrop of your phone so that whenever you're about to go on your first date, whenever you're going on a date for the 10th time, that whenever you're going to date your wife or your husband, whenever you're even in the middle of an argument, that right there on the backdrop of your phone is a way that if you do it and not know it, it can absolutely help you go through a better date, experience a better relationship, ease the calm and the storm and the tension that sometimes comes when you're just in a marriage. So grab that image and keep it because it's just a simple snapshot way of being able to keep in one place everything that we're now going to talk about. So 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4, Paul gives us a list and he says this, when you're thinking about getting with someone, When you're thinking about one day getting relational with someone, maybe hoping that you'll have a date, hoping that one day you'll be married, maybe when you're engaged, when you're walking down the aisle, when you are married, Paul is saying, make sure that you do this, you become this. And he gives us a list. So 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4 says this, love is patient. When you ask yourself the question, am I the person, the person I'm looking for is looking for? It means, are you becoming patient? You know what patient means? It means that you never pressure the other person. It means that you never bully them into getting your own way. It means that you're never gonna let them live life without any margin, that they feel like they've just gotta agree with everything that you say because love is patient. It gives the other person time. It means you're never gonna force them to go to that place that you wanna go to, but she doesn't wanna go to. It means that you're never gonna force her to do something that she doesn't wanna, but you really wanna. It just means that whether you're single, whether you're dating, whether you're married, if we were to be patient with one another, how much better would the way in which you react to each other become? Because love is patient. Number two, Paul says that love is kind. It means considerate. You know, Emma says to me sometimes, she goes, hey, listen, um, why don't you text me? And this is sometimes like the difference between a boy and a girl. Sometimes she'll say like, why don't you just send me a text? And I'll be like, well, I might not have something to say. And sometimes she'll say to me, well, why don't you just text me to let you know that you're thinking of me? And let me be honest, like sometimes in a guy's mind, that can like just not even be on the radar. But in a girl's mind, it means so much. You just like grab your phone out and just send her a heart message or whatever that might be in your kind of thing. But it's like, just let her know that you're thinking about it. Girls, how much easier, how much better, how much more would you get done? How much more would he do for you if you were just kind and considerate, not some of the time, but all of the time. And I know that this sounds too easy to make much of a difference, but actually, most of our relationships fall apart because we're just not patient And we're just not kind. And Paul is saying, I don't want you to find something or be hunting for something or be looking for something. He was saying, I want you to become something, patient and kind. Thirdly, he says that love does not envy. You know what this means? It means when I don't feel good about me, it means that I'm not going to make you come down to my level if you're feeling better than me. It means that when I'm not feeling all that good about me, I'm not gonna drag you down. I'm not gonna put you down. I'm not gonna be dismissive of what you think or what you have an opinion on or what you feel. It's meaning I'm not gonna pull you down. Love doesn't envy. Like sometimes the best thing you can do in a relationship it's just be committed to giving each other compliments. Kind of like, even if it hurts, like, hey, what? Like, that is inc- I am so proud of you. Like, that is incredible. Like, honestly, how much better would your relationship be if the majority of your conversations were complimentary towards one another rather than being envious? How much easier would that make your relational life? And then fourthly and finally, Paul says, love does not boast. It not proud love isn't proud like when you love someone and when you're becoming the person like the person you're looking for is looking for it means that you don't have to be right all of the time let me tell you being right it's not always that helpful and Paul was saying like could you imagine (laughs) like what would your relationship look like Or what will the relationship look like that you have not yet, but one day hope of having? If you just chose today, I'm not gonna be proud. Like I don't have to be right all of the time. How much better would that make your relational life? Like, let me ask you like this. Think about your mum and dad or someone that you know, maybe some friends that you had that maybe like they just, they split up, the relationship fell apart, they got divorced, and you didn't want it to be that way because for years it was amazing with them and all of a sudden it came like a lightning bolt out of the blue and you were told, man, we're breaking up, we're splitting up. Let me ask you this question. Like, do you not think that maybe the marriage just would have been able to go a little further if we just were not as proud? Like maybe maybe it could have just been a little bit better if one or both just didn't have to be right all of the time, do you not think that maybe it could have just stood the test of time and gone the distance? If they were just willing to lay down their own proud, filled desires and say, hey, listen, what matters to you matters to me more than what matters to me. Like, what matters to you is way higher on my radar. Can you imagine how much better that would be? But the danger is, that if we choose not, let me speak to you single people right now. If you choose not to be patient, to be kind, to choose not to be envious, choose not to be boastful, can I just give you and flag you a big problem that's gonna come in your life at some point? If you don't choose to be this, I'll tell you what's gonna happen. One day you're gonna find Mr. Right, find Mrs. Right, and you're gonna look at him and he's gonna be like, man, he's Prince Charming. You're gonna look at her and you're just like, man, she's done it. She's incredible. And like when you talk, you kind of connect for a little while and you go away and you've got all the butterflies and you're thinking, I have found Mr. Right. Like I found Mrs. Right. She's the one for me. But when you're not these things, they're not looking for someone like you. And I don't want you to miss out on what could be brilliant for you because you've spent all of your time focusing on you finding and hunting and searching for Mr. Right instead of becoming Mr. Right instead of you becoming Mrs. Right I don't want you to miss out and in close I just want to say this our heart for you is that you live strong and healthy relational lives and this is more of an introductory talk today before we set it up for the next two weeks but I want to close by, by saying this. Like some of you, you, you've been burnt relationally. Some of you, you know, like you've had marriages that started out as being absolutely amazing. And then he did and she did and the thing fell apart. And like you never saw divorce. You never saw the level of heartache that you've experienced. And now because of what you've been through, you kind of feel like, man, is this ever going to come good for me? Or maybe you're even in a married situation right now and it just feels abrasive. It just feels like, like, dude, this is just not what I'd hoped. This is not how I saw me living out the rest of my days. And it feels to you almost like this is just hopeless. Like there's no hope, there's no change on the horizon, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. I just want you to know this, right? I don't think it's gonna happen by magic. But I think that when you're intentional, about trusting God with what matters most to you, that God sees you, he hears every prayer that you've prayed, and for every degree of hopelessness that you may currently have in your heart, I believe that God can instill it with hope. So in closing, I want us to choose to become those things, to be patient, to be kind, to not be envious, envious. And to not be boastful and not proud, because when we do that, that's when God gets involved in all of our relational lives and we become better
0: as a result of that. Well, hey, I hope you enjoyed that message. But more importantly, I hope that you got a lot out of it as I did. And hey, maybe you've never been to a church service before. I would love to invite you. We have two services, one at 11 a.m. and the other at 6 p.m. And you can find all of our location details over on our website at www.liverpoolonechurch.com. And don't forget to keep up to date with us on all of our socials across Instagram and Facebook.